1: Here's the thing we need to know about prayer. The objective of prayer is not to change God, it's to change you. Today
0: on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us understand the purpose and principles of productive prayer.
1: Prayer is not to inform God, rather it's to invite God. I'm inviting Him into my life. I'm inviting Him into my challenges. I'm inviting Him into the things that I am dealing with. Prayer is getting closer to God. That's why you should pray. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Oh, can you hear the angels are singing? This is the day, the day when life
0: begins. Some of us might see prayer as more transactional than relational. When we pray, we focus on asking God for something specific. But today, on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out that we can miss the relational aspects to prayer. Prayer is more than an intercom to heaven. Prayer is a lifeline to the God who loves us and sustains us, and who holds our future in his hands. Today, Pastor Greg Laurie shows us how to steward this privilege appropriately.
1: looking for certain things in life. Sort of like when I go to the market with my wife. My wife looks for certain things in the market and I look for other things. My wife looks for practical things like eggs and milk and butter and seasonings and the staples. And I look for, well, things that are important to me like chips, (laughs) uh, maybe pretzels, and fruit, man, I love summer fruit. Do you, how many of you love summer fruit? It's the best fruit. I mean, we've got peaches, we've got nectarines, we've got grapes, we've got cherries and watermelon. I love all the fruit of summer. So, you know, we'll meet at the check stand. Sometimes we're texting back and forth and and then we get there and my wife will tell me, you don't need any of these things right now. So, But, you know, we all have the things that are important to us, things that we're looking for. Well, listen to this. God is looking for some things, too. What is God looking for? Well, number one, God is seeking lost people. In Luke 19, Jesus said, "'The Son of Man has come to seek and save "'that which was lost.' And Jesus told the story of a shepherd "'who had a hundred sheep, and one of the sheep went astray, "'and he searched until he found it.'" I mean, speaking of the market, have you ever been shopping and lost sight of one of your children? That's a terrifying thought. Now you don't say, well I've got three other kids, I'm good, I'll just forget them, you know. (laughs) Some kids maybe, no, not really, never. No, you search, you search frantically, obsessively, until you find the child. That's how God feels, he loves all people, he wants all people to believe in him, he's seeking people to believe, and when we share our faith, we're reflecting the heart of God. Number two, God is seeking true worshipers. Jesus said in John four, God is a spirit and those that worship him must do so in spirit and truth. Listen to this, the Father is seeking such to worship him. So as we were just singing, God is looking for someone whose heart is turned toward him, someone who really understands what worship is. Prayer set the song. And God is looking for us to be a true worshiper, not only in what we sing, but in how we live. Number three, God is seeking spiritual fruit. In Luke 13, 7, we read of a farmer looking for fruit on his tree. And Jesus is looking for spiritual fruit, or another way to put it, results in our life. Tangible results that would show that we're really growing in our faith as one of his followers. Number four, God is looking for someone to stand in the gap. In Ezekiel 22.30, God says, I look for someone among them who would make up a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land and I should not destroy it, but I found no one. God is looking for people that care enough to pray. People that would pray for, well, our nation. That God would send an awakening to America. People that would pray for others. He's looking for people who will stand in the gap. And lastly, God is looking for intercessors. In Isaiah 59, 16, we read, he saw there was no man, and wondered why there were no intercessors. God's looking for people to pray, and it's interesting. The word that is used there in Isaiah 59, for he wondered could be translated astonished. In other words, God is astonished that people are not praying. Now let's just say for the sake of an illustration that praying was hard. Let's say that every time you uttered a prayer, it was like having a root canal. Mm. Well, you could see how that would cause you to not want to pray as often, but prayer's so awesome, you would still pray. You would just say, well, it's gonna hurt, but it's worth it. But prayer's not like a root canal. Prayer's not painful, but yet many of us do not pray. Why is it we don't pray? Let me offer some possibilities, or what I should really say, excuses, Number one, we don't pray more because we say, well, I don't have the time, right? Well, I'm so busy, I just don't have the time. Okay, here's my question to you. How much time do you spend on social media? (laughs) Latest research says people in the United States check their Facebook, Twitter, and other social media accounts 17 times per day, basically once every waking hour, Teenagers spend nine hours every day consuming media. And it's so true. I mean, if you see someone driving erratically, they're not drunk. They're texting. Or they're looking at their Facebook page or their Instagram page. And people just walk around staring at their phones. I'm amazed when I'm sitting at an intersection and I see someone crossing like five lanes and maybe it's their turn, but they're like this the whole time just looking at their phone. I'm thinking, what if someone ran the red light? You'd get hit. People are crazy about this social media. You stand in line to get a cup of coffee. Everyone just staring at their phone. In the old days, the old days, we used to talk to each other. Hi, how's it going? Now we're just like this the whole time. You know? So don't tell me you don't have time to pray. You do have time to pray. Number two, we don't pray more because, well, we don't think prayer is all that important. Now, we probably would never admit that, but it's the truth. Uh, But if that is true, if prayer is not important, then why would Jesus Christ have spent so much time in prayer? In fact, it was his prayer life that caused the disciples to come to him and say, Lord, would you teach us how to pray? You know, life's a lot easier when you pray about things. Because not only are you asking God to help you, but you're asking God for wisdom. The Bible says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God who will give it generously and not hold it back. Listen, I need wisdom, don't you? Number three, we think prayer sometimes doesn't really work. I don't know if prayer really works, we'll say. Well, maybe that's because we're not praying God's way. And that's why we're looking at the Lord's Prayer. It shows us how to pray, how to bring your needs before God. And you have needs, I have needs, we have problems. We have questions. This is why we need to pray. Because prayer, among other things, is God's appointed way for us to obtain things. There are things you need in life and God will provide them for you through prayer. James 4, two says, you have not because you ask not. Maybe you wonder, why do I wander through life never knowing the will of God? Question, have you prayed about it? You have not because you ask not. Hey, why is it that I have this illness and I've gone to doctors and no one has been able to help me? Hey, have you prayed about it? Maybe you have not because you ask not. Why do I have this financial problem and I can't seem to get on top of it? I've tried everything. Have you actually prayed about it? You have not because you ask not. I think you know me well enough. Uh, to realize that I'm not saying God will always heal you or God will always give you all the money you think you need, but I am saying that there's a place for asking the Lord to provide for our needs, and so pray. You're listening to A New Beginning
0: with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in California, USA. Thanks for joining us today. It's a message called How To and Not To Pray. and Pastor Greg gets very practical right now about the privilege of prayer.
1: Let's talk about how to pray, but before that, let's talk about how not to pray. That's what Jesus addresses and the verses that precede what we call the Lord's Prayer. Look at Matthew 6, starting in verse 5, and our Lord says this. When you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men assuredly I say to you they have their reward but when you pray go into your room and when you have shut your door pray to your father who's in the secret place and your father who sees you in secret will reward you openly and when you pray don't use vain repetitions as the heathen do or the unbelievers for they think they'll be heard for their many words therefore don't be like them for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him We'll stop there. Notice Jesus did not say if you pray or if you have time in your busy schedule and pray. No, he says when you pray. He's assuming we understand the importance of prayer. But here's an insight that might surprise us that sin knows no boundaries. <laughs> you know, we think, oh, I get it that you know, I can sin when I go to this place or hang out with these people, but who would ever think that one could sin when they're coming into God's presence to pray but Jesus is showing you can still be guilty of hypocrisy and self-centeredness. See, the primary problem of the Pharisees, used to with the religious elite, the leaders of the day, is for them prayer was theater. It was a performance. You know, they would stand on a street corner, sometimes someone would sound a trumpet, and they would pray their great, beautiful, eloquent prayers. And Jesus said, you know what? God doesn't care about stuff like that you're putting on a show. You're praying to be seen by men. You're so worried about impressing people. God's not impressed. Heard about a young lawyer that was opening up his brand new office and uh, his desk had just arrived and his chair had come as well. So he's sitting in his chair behind his executive desk and waiting for his first client to come in. And a man comes up the stairs and the lawyer sees him and picks up The phone and and talks to his imaginary secretary. Uh, He says, Yes, yes, I'm so busy right now. Tell them to call back later. I have so many clients. I just don't have time. And he hangs up the phone. Sure, this would impress this guy. And then uh, the guy walks up, and and the lawyer says, Okay, uh, how can I help you? And the man said, Well, I'm from the phone company. I'm here to hook up your phone. (laughs) Not so impressed. That's how it is for us when we're trying to impress God with the things that we say and do. See, here was the problem with the Pharisees. They had ritualized, memorized prayers that they would pray over and over. I'm not a big fan of memorized prayers. You know, sometimes parents will say to their children, okay, remember to say your prayers before you go to bed. No, better yet, teach them how to pray. I was with my grandchildren the other day, and we were uh, getting ready to eat, and we decided every kid should pray. So it was beautiful, you know. For every one of them had their own way to approach the Lord, and uh, the older ones are a little more perceptive, and and little Christopher, he's just a little guy. He he actually said, "I don't know how to pray." <laughs> it was so cute, you know. So. We're sort of teaching him how to pray and he's figuring it out and we're like that. You know, I don't really know how to pray but you know, some of the prayers we teach our kids, I mean, really, think about this prayer that has been prayed by children for so many years. Is this a good prayer to pray? Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Really? So basically, you're saying to your child, you know, you might die tonight in bed. And if you should die before you wake, just pray God takes your soul. Now go to sleep. And sleep tight. And don't let the bed bugs bite. Oh, that's great. Yeah. We're traumatizing our children. Who writes some of these things for kids? rock baby in the treetops. When the wind blows, the cradle will rock. What? You put a cradle of a baby on the top of the trees? What are you, a psycho? When the bow breaks, the cradle will fall and down will come baby, cradle and all. Oh, you're brilliant. You put your baby in a cradle in the top of the trees and he's fallen to the ground. Oh, here's another one. Jack and Jill went up a hill <laughs> to fetch a pail of water. Jack fell down and broke his crown and Jill came tumbling after So basically, Jack has had a serious head injury. (laughs) But that's not enough. How about this one? Sing a song of sixpence, a pocket full of rye, four and 20 blackbirds baked in a pie. Who wants a pie filled with birds? (laughs) Were they alive when you put them in the oven? Or were they dead? Either way, I don't want a pie full of birds. You know, but these crazy, ritualized, repeated prayers. Listen, God doesn't hear prayers like that. It's possible to pray with no thought of God whatsoever. Listen, you can pray without thinking of God and you can worship without thinking of God. We've all done it. You know, you have your hands lifted, you're worshiping, and you're thinking, why would she wear that to church? (laughs) Lord, I just preached, why would she wear that and you're just, Lord, you're so good, and I'm gonna go to In-N-Out Burger after this. (laughs) I'm gonna get a burger animal style with chopped jalapenos. See, these are probably my thoughts more than yours, but by the way, since I'm on that subject, when you go to In-N-Out, try the burger animal style with chopped jalapenos. You'll thank me for this. And sadly, this is all you'll remember from the sermon as well. (laughs) Sometimes people use prayer as an opportunity to boast. You've seen it. You know, you have a little group of people praying and they'll pray, Lord, I thank you. For all that I've been able to do for you as I was <clears throat> reading your word for two hours this morning on my knees. <laughs> I just rejoice in the eight people I led to you, and how, you stop it. You're just bragging in prayer. Sometimes people will use prayer as an opportunity to gossip. Lord, we pray for Jim who's having an affair in his wife. <laughs> oh Lord, I just realized his wife's here in the little prayer circle. Oh, Lord, comfort her. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Gossiping and prayer. Sometimes we pray to impress. You've heard of dressing to impress? You can pray to impress. We thank thee, great and wonderful God, for thou hast blessed us. Why are you doing that? Are you trying to impress people? What about people that pray, you know, when you're out in public and someone says, let's pray for the food, and, and they have to make a show. It's a performance. They pray really loud and, and long, long. Stop with the long prayers when the food is come, okay? <laughs> you know, let's not pray for everybody everywhere. Let's just, Lord, thank you for the food. Let's eat our food. Uh, but you know, prayer can be a strange thing for a lot of people. But here's something you need to understand. Why do we pray? Well, Jesus says in verse eight, your father knows what you need before you ask him. <laughs> oh. Well, if that's the case, then why pray? If I can't change mine, why pray? I've heard people say, you know, I've been wrestling with God in prayer. Man, I hope you lost. (laughs) I'd hate to see what would happen if God did what you want Him to do. So here's the thing we need to know about prayer. God knows what you need before you pray, so the objective of prayer is not to change God, it's to change you. You're not telling God something He's not aware of. Prayer is not to inform God, rather it's to invite God. I'm inviting Him into my life. I'm inviting Him into my challenges. I'm inviting Him into the things that I am dealing with. Think of prayer as a conversation between a father and a child. The value of prayer is it keeps me in touch with God. Prayer is getting closer to God. That's why you should pray.
0: great insights on prayer today on A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie, a very practical series based in the Lord's Prayer. And there's a lot more to learn about effective prayer. We'll pick up on that subject again next time as Pastor Greg continues his message, how to and how not to pray. Be sure to join us next time for A New Beginning. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called How To and How Not To Pray. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast. Or for a copy on CD, contact Vision Christian Store on 1800 00 50 11 or visionstore.org.au.